Hey everybody, welcome back to the Contractor Soapbox Podcast. This is Robert Tidwell. I am the host of the show. I also own Midland Landscape and Design alongside my wife Vicki, who owns it as well. Um, go over a couple things today. It is coming to the end of our season here. Uh, it looks like next Tuesday, Wednesday, somewhere around there will probably be our last day for the year. Working out in the field, working around the shop. Uh, unfortunately, and not really unfortunately, Vicki and I will still be working in the office as you should. You should not be stopping just because the other work stops, so the field work, the actual production work stops. You definitely shouldn't be stopping work. Now, I understand if you want to take a break. Uh, we will be taking a break as well from that. Uh, we are actually going to be traveling to Florida sometime in December, and... The, our kids will be seeing Disney World for the first time, and Vicky will be seeing it for the first time. That's uh, December, so that's when we'll be taking break. Then from there, keep working on the business. Uh, we actually will also be working on another revenue stream as well this winter, uh, which is why, not why, but you should diversify your income. Certainly uh, with with trying to plan for your future and everything. So uh, we have decided to purchase a cottage on a lake. It's not actually on the lake, it's across the street from the lake. But we have purchased that and real estate always goes up. I know it does go down sometimes. I know that we are looking at a recession, but the price was good on the house. It needs quite a bit of work. And by quite a bit, I will probably be ripping everything out of it including all the furniture that they left and all the little knickknacks that they left. Uh, some missions in the area will probably end up with quite a bit of it. Uh, and if somebody else doesn't want the other stuff, in the dumpster it shall go. And then we'll rip everything out as far as the paneling and uh, electrical that is extremely outdated. The flooring that has about three layers, I believe. And then redo the whole thing and turn it into a... Airbnb type property, vacation rental. We'll probably use it every now and then, but its main purpose is to have some other income coming in through another source besides just our landscaping company. Because we also don't make any money making this podcast either. Uh, we have currently, we're in the negative on this podcast, but it's all a patience thing and we have to put things in to get an income out. So anyways, uh, we went to LAL this past weekend. It was actually a very good conference. And I say actually like I should be surprised. We've been to it before. We knew who the speakers were going to be. And I would have to say every speaker definitely gave their own piece of advice on what they believe should be done, their own opinions, and I didn't hear anything I would say that I thought, well, why would you even say that? No. Uh, Nick Carlson, I believe he was the first speaker. He, um, he got up there and he owns Dawson Manufacturing. He's the founder of the Mulchmate, so if you're familiar with the Mulchmate, then you definitely know who Nick Carlson is. And if you've been to the Equip Expo or GIE Expo and seen it, then you have 
more than likely met him as well. Uh, before he owned Mulch Maiden, before he had DOS Manufacturing, he owned a landscape company that did very well. Uh, he obviously made mistakes as well, just like everybody does along the way. But in the end, it seemed as though he actually had a company that he knew what he was doing, how he was running it, and it was running efficiently for the majority of the time. So after that, you had um, Greg Woodstock, uh, the pond guy, uh, very intelligent person, obviously. Uh, he's grown quite a business, and he had quite a bit to say about you know hiring your right-hand man, things like that. And I won't go through the whole the whole conference here, uh, but a couple other people that really stuck out to me was uh, Mike Andes. He was a speaker there. He talked about close close ratio, your efficiency, things like that, as far as your labor efficiency, your your actual man hours compared to your budgeted man hours, whether it be on a job or on mowing. You know, making sure that you are actually accounting for those and making sure that you know what your you're ending up at efficiency rate-wise on a job or on a mowing route. And me personally, I would say mowing route is the highest priority on something like that. Mowing routes have the, the tightest margins in this industry, I would say. Fertilizer routes, I mean, there's some tight margins there, but there's not really tight margins there. Uh, we found that fertilizer routes and weed control routes, things like that, the lawn care side of it, uh, there are tight margins, but you should be able to just fly right through those types of projects or not projects, but jobs. Uh, I know generally when I was going out and doing those lawn care and our route was not very dense at all, not dense at all. I was doing about 20 to 23 aerations a day. Of course, we did have a stand on aerator. We also had a little bluebird walk behind that we used just in case we didn't have access to the backyard or the access was so tight that we couldn't get that, uh, that ride on back there or stand on. So mowing routes, make sure they're dense. Make sure that you are looking at your efficiency. If there is a way to improve efficiency, I will tell you that you have to do it. Uh, we actually talked to a couple while we were there. Uh, the night before at the, the Full Throttle Adrenaline Park, I think is what it was called. It was for the go-kart racing. Um, we talked to a couple while we were there. They were telling us how they don't have a very efficient system for fall cleanups or spring cleanups. If you do not have an efficient system, find an efficient system. Uh, for us, we found the best way to go was a LeafX system. I realize that doesn't work for everybody. And hopefully, maybe you've got a, a place on your route that you can go dump those leaves. Or, if you're really lucky, we actually have one city that we used to do fall cleanups in and we could push everything to the road made everything wonderful for that aspect of it because then we didn't have to worry about sucking up the leaves with the leaf vac all we had to do was dump it at the road the city would come by whenever they were scheduled to and pick it up and off those leaves went the downside to doing that is if there is a very windy day the customer can get leaves in their yard but I will say, if you have cleaned up the customer's yard and the neighbors haven't, then it's going to happen anyways. So anyways, we, we spoke with the couple about an efficient way to 
uh, do their leaf cleanups. He was talking about getting a leaf vac. They were both talking about how they needed to get a leaf vac, but they weren't sure how to collect those. Uh, they had also spoken about getting a dump trailer. So I kind of walked them through our processes on how we, you know, went from shooting into a 12 foot trailer and an eight foot, uh, just regular truck box. And then we moved on up to the dump trailer using a flatbed. Now they don't have a flatbed. He didn't show any interest or need for a flatbed. So I had just told him that maybe he could stack up some pallets in the back of his truck if he wanted to go that route, keeping the vac in the truck, stack up some pallets. That way the hose can get up over those bed rails and they are able to suck up those leaves that way. And then the other option is, you know, connecting that or mounting that, that leaf vac onto the dump trailer. Uh, there's numerous different ways of doing it. But anyways, efficiency, they recognized that they needed some more efficient way because they were not... Uh, being efficient, you know, in their, in their fall cleanups that they were currently working on. So make sure that you are, you know, being efficient. If you can use equipment to increase your efficiency, you'll be amazed at how much time it saves you, how much labor it saves you or the, the people working for you or with you. So just keep that in mind. Now, along with this efficiency, you do have to know your numbers. If you don't know your numbers, then how do you know if you can actually purchase something or how inefficient you really are or how efficient you are? Hopefully you're more efficient than inefficient, but I will say we found with ourselves, if we didn't know our numbers, we didn't know how efficient we were and we were inefficient at that time. If you're still using an Excel spreadsheet, it's time to move on from that. Unless this is your first season, which... It is the end of the first season, if it is, you know, uh, it's November 2022, so we are coming to the end of the year. Start thinking about next year if you haven't already. You should have already, but start thinking about next year. What are things that you can change? What are things that you can um, do to increase your profit margins, to increase your efficiency? Like I've said before, Vicki and I, now that we've learned our lessons, we've made mistakes just like everybody has, just like everybody will. We've made those mistakes. We used an Excel spreadsheet for a couple years, maybe two or three years. We used those Excel spreadsheets. Uh, for two years, I know for sure, we were waiting way too long to actually look at our numbers. You should know your numbers. You should be able to pull it up in QuickBooks and look at that and say, okay, well, we spent this much within payroll, let's say. Um, and then you can go from there and look at the budget because if you don't have a budget, then what, how do you know what to charge people really? How do you know what income you're going to be bringing in as long as you hit certain, uh, goals within, within the year. And then if you don't hit that goal, so let's say, you don't hit $100,000 or you don't hit a quarter million, half a million, a million, whatever it may be. If you don't hit that goal, what percentage are you down? So for us, I will say we were 5% lower than our goal. So then we looked at payroll and said, okay, is the payroll 5% lower? Is the payroll higher than what we expected? For us, our payroll was lower because we 
we've done this long enough. We have the experience to know. We looked at our hours from last year. Even though we got rid of the mowing and lawn care side of the business, we kind of knew, okay, the guys are going to work this many hours. Hopefully, you know, you got to factor in that overtime as well. And we used LMN to do that budget. Now, if you don't have LMN, you can always use the free version of LMN to make up a budget in there to work with, you know, the, um, the upcoming year and see where you are percentage wise for your overhead, your job supplies, your payroll, things like that. So make sure that you do know your numbers. Uh, last night, Vicki and I went over our numbers again and we wrote down some, some comparisons. I mean, there were some areas that we went over in, there were some areas that we were under in, and then there were some areas that we were way under budget in. Uh, credit card processing fees was one of those that we were actually way under in. I was actually quite surprised to see that, but we had um, one customer that had a very large invoice with us, and she always wrote checks for those deposits and then the final invoice. So that really helped out on the the credit card processing fees. Hold on one second. Just got to take a break for a second, and I will be back. Okay, and I'm back. The kids had to get off to school there, so a little bit of time there, but you don't know that because we're on a podcast. I could stop and start at any time. So know your numbers. Use LMN as a budgeting option. I know Synced Up is another option that has budgeting and estimating, but in my experience and our experience, we've used LMN. It's been great for us as far as making a budget. It kind of really lays it out, shows you the, the percentage. Uh, so he takes out some math for you. Shows you the percentage of payroll that you expect for this year. So let's say it's 22%. Ours was 22.5% is what we had budgeted for the year. It looks more like we're going to end up just a little bit under that by the time we're done. Uh, not much. I think it was like 21% by the time we're done. But anyways, uh, the credit card processing fees, you know, we were under there, but we were a little over on advertising. Uh, we spent a little bit more on our truck wrap this year and then also our home show than we expected. But then you kind of balance it out. So our credit card processing fees were lower, but our advertising was higher. So you can kind of move that over. Our um, small equipment purchases were a little bit higher than we budgeted for, but our large equipment uh, expenses were lower than what we budgeted. So you kind of balance that out and make sure you know those numbers. If you don't have a CPA, please get a CPA. You need to have one. You need to have one that works with, uh, how your, how your, your business is now and how you plan to grow. If you're just using H&R Block, it's time to find somebody else. Okay, uh, use an actual CPA that looks at these numbers for small businesses all the time. In fact, Vicki and I, now that we've gone over those numbers again, we heard from our CPA, I believe it was towards the end of last week before we went to LAL. So now we have to go over some other options. And it's not something that has to be done right now, but we do have to look at these options and see what we want to do as far as the taxes, you know, our, our tax bill, I guess you could say, um, you know, as, and we're looking at the depreciations and what we plan on buying in the future as far as trucks, equipment, uh, if we plan on having an office building, which I will say, I know a lot of people are for having an office building. 
or a shop building separate from their house. Us personally, I do understand the advantages of having that, but we do have uh, a good chunk of property here. So we use our property as our shop and as our office. Our office is actually outside of our home still. It wasn't until this year. Uh, last year we had the Amish build a garage and then Matt and I built an office inside that garage. So we have inside this garage, we have our office and then we have a pole building that we've added on to, built and added on to. And that's where our equipment is worked on. That's where our equipment is stored, things like that. And I will say it's not perfect. We built it. It doesn't even have a concrete floor in it. It's just the uh, stonecrete inside that building as far as the ground goes. But at least it is a place for us to store that. And you never know. Eventually we may add on to it again. We really don't see a need for it. It is a pretty decent size. And without having all the mowing and lawn care equipment, we do have quite a bit of room in there anyways now. Uh, the, the downside to that barn that we have is it is a little bit tight when you do fit a truck in the bay. Uh, we used to have a truck, a dually, that wouldn't fit in the bay. So if you did have to work on it, you did have to work on it outside. But it works for us. We don't have that dually anymore. And if we ever get one again, we know that you just can't fit it in there and we make it work. Uh, Matt's brother works on our trucks a lot. If they need maintenance or if they need repairs, he works on them. And sometimes he actually prefers to work on them outside anyways, certainly in the summertime, just because it does get so hot that that barn is uh, metal top and sides, so it can get pretty toasty in there in the summertime anyways. But if it is raining, there is that option to pull it in and work on it as well. But, you know, having that, that barn, that's something that we had to work up to. We used to work out of a 10 by 10 shed. Obviously, we weren't storing anything in there storage-wise. We had shoved it in. We've got a shed uh, that came with the house when we bought it. We had shoved some equipment in there. Uh, my in-laws used to have a three-car garage uh, across the street from their house about 10 miles away. And we would shove a lot of stuff in there as well. But once we got that barn, we started putting our own equipment in our own shop. It actually saved quite a bit of time, certainly during the cleanup process and even throughout the year because we were storing all sorts of things in that three-car garage. You know, our fertilizer, our equipment that we didn't use all the time, so like the aerator. Uh, I think one year we stored our leaf vac in there, things like that got stored in there so then the guys would have to drive 10 miles which fortunately we did mow in that area but they'd have to drive 10 miles go pick that stuff up and then get on about their day so it is a plus to definitely have all your stuff in one location so if your guys clock in where they clock in it is best to have them be able to grab all those things that they need while they're there clocking in throw it in the truck and be, be on for their day. So I know I've gotten kind of on a tangent here, but I really want to make sure you guys know your numbers. I know I've said it a lot, but I'm going to keep beating it into your head. And even if you do know your numbers, you need to hear it again. Know your numbers, okay? You should be able to say, okay, I know what my percentages are. 
you know, you know what your profit margins are. Uh, if you need help estimating as far as knowing what those profit margins are, you can always DM me. We can kind of walk through what some options would be there. But you can also use Element. I know that there's plenty of other softwares out there, but I'm a big supporter of Element just because of how much I know it changed our business to have that option. You know, we put all of our materials needed, all of our time. So whatever labor time, let's say it's 90 hours for a project, you know, we put that in. They know how much the payroll is because they look at our budget. They know that somebody's making 20, 25 bucks an hour. And they, the element software can kind of calculate that in there and it knows the labor burden, which means the, the workers comp, the payroll taxes, things like that. It knows all that sort of stuff. So it can put it in our estimate when we drop that, that item in there. And then we go from there as far as what the price is. And if the price tells me the project is $20,000, then the price is $20,000 based on the profit margin that I put in there. And I know a lot of times when you put in the estimate, it'll bring a profit margin based on your budget. I don't even look at that. I don't care what the profit margin on the budget is. I want more. You know, I know what generally what profit margin we need to be aiming for. And it's not 3%. If your profit margin is 3%, bump it up. It's definitely not enough. It needs to be at least 10. If you can hit 20, even higher, definitely go for that. Okay. Make sure that you're charging the right amounts on all your jobs. This year especially, we saw a lot of our material go up after we wrote the estimates. Now, within our agreement, it states that the estimate is an estimate. It is not a guaranteed price. In years past, we've been able to float with whatever that price was, more than likely, unless something changed on the job, you know, soil conditions, um, you know, the, the homeowner wanted something a little bit more little bit different, I guess you could say. Let's say they wanted to make their, their patio larger. They wanted to add a wall. They wanted to add a fire pit. Then the price would obviously change. But this year, we saw fuel surcharges from deliveries. We saw materials go up. We saw gas prices go up. So our gas was $5,000 higher than we budgeted. We budgeted pretty darn high, but this year we still went over that budget. And I say, thankfully, we weren't mowing, and that's on us. If you guys are mowing, then make sure you are charging for those gas prices because our gas prices constantly were going up and down, up and down. So make sure you're charging the right amount for that on those trucks because we charge our trucks by the day. Okay, so our, our RAM, I think we charge like $120 a day for that. And then we have a profit margin on top of that as well. So I forgot where I was at, but just make sure that you are charging for those items. Certainly the gas. Make sure that your gas is covered. If your gas is not covered, then... You're not making any money. You're not saving any money. You're going to need another truck. You're going to need another mower. You're going to need another trailer. Make sure that that's covered and you can purchase the next trailer that you need when you need it and you're saving up that money for it. So after Mike Andes, we also had uh, Troy Clog. He owns a very large landscape and snow removal company in the Michigan, Southeast Michigan area. Uh, 
obviously he knows what he's doing. He's been in this industry for 40 years. He knows what he's doing. Somebody you definitely want to listen to. So if you ever have the chance to listen to him, that's great. Mark Bradley was another person that was there. Uh, he is the founder of LMN. He also had a, I believe it was a $50 million uh, landscape company in the in Ontario, I believe it was. So he's definitely somebody else you want to listen to. And I know there are workshops that he puts on. So if you can get to one of his workshops, then definitely a place to go. I haven't been to one personally, uh, but after hearing him talk, it's definitely someplace to go. So just uh, make sure you know your numbers. Make sure you look at your numbers. If you haven't looked at your numbers yet for 2022, look at them now. Just look at them. Figure it out. See where you're at. Did you make any money? Hopefully you did. Hopefully you didn't lose any money. Because if you did, let's say, half a million dollars, let's say you did $500,000 in income this year, but your net profit is zero because you spent $500,000, then you didn't make any money. Let's change those numbers. Okay? Charge more. Advertise more. Give some value with your estimates so you can charge more. You know, just because they, a customer says, well... This guy down the road said that he can put my patio in for 10000 and you want 20000 What's the difference? Is he using pavers from Home Depot? Is he going to Menards and getting retaining wall block? You know, or is he just a chuck in the truck, doesn't have insurance, things like that, and he's just out to make some extra money, but he doesn't really know what he's doing. Make sure you know your numbers, add that value. Educate the customer on what what is different with you. You know, are you actually putting a good base in, or are you just putting a couple inches of crushed concrete in the ground, tamping it out kind of, and then throwing down some sand? Hopefully, it's level. Throwing down the pavers, and there you go. Right? No. How long is your patio going to last? Do you have a warranty on any of your patios? Do you have a warranty on any of the work that you do? Uh, I realize some of the some of the work, some of the products that you install, you may not cover under your warranty. We certainly don't. Our plants, we don't cover under a warranty, but our nursery does. And as long as we see that the customer hasn't neglected or overwatered or underwatered or whatever it may be, then we talk to our nursery and get that taken care of. But if we get out there and we see that they haven't taken care of the plant properly, then the warranty is no good anyways because that's on them. Okay, same thing with brick pavers, you know, Belgard, Techoblock, Unilock, they have their own guarantee, their own warranty on their product, okay, but if we go out there and we see that they've neglected it, neglected it, then it's not on us, it's not on the paver manufacturer, it's on the customer, so the warranty's gone anyways, but make sure you're installing things properly so you don't have to go back for warranty work, I realize there are times where you may have to, you know, you you may have had a failure point. I know uh, the guys went back to a property last year. I think it was it was on a project that was done about four or five years ago. Uh, there was a failure point that was on us. We did not do that little corner properly. It was a little, I think it was like a two by three area. Fixed it right, put it back together. It's done. It's fixed. I've talked to that customer a couple times since then, and he says he's had no problems since then. But just make sure that 
that you are doing it right. And I realized that sometimes you get in those situations where it can be an iffy situation, but make sure you're doing to the best of your knowledge. And if you don't know, call your supplier, call your paper manufacturer if if you have that contact with that rep and uh, go from there. So anyways, uh, that's all I've got for today. Just make sure that you know your numbers. It's November. Okay. If you don't know your numbers, know them now. Know them now and then continue to know them throughout 2023. Okay. Continue to know them for the rest of the time that you own a business. Make sure that you know your numbers. All right. We will talk to you next week.